Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And sharing the duties with me this morning is uh, my daughter, Cherie Dubuque. She's with us here. We're broadcasting live from coastal Texas, where it's pretty doggone hot. Of course, it's pretty hot back in the Bayou State. If you're going to be headed out, a couple of precautions I want to alert you to. Well, really, maybe three. One, certainly heat advisories that's out there. You don't want to get in trouble out there. The cloudless days are going to be light winds for the most part. And you're staying out there during the middle of the day. If you're not in some shade with a T-top or... Uh, in some shaded areas, uh, the heat can get to you. Make sure you got plenty of ice. can remain hydrated. And really, the alcohol in the water does not mix. And that leads me into my next advisory. This is an Operation Dry Water Weekend. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries will have agents out in force. They're going to be looking for, in particular, DWIs, uh, impaired boating operators. Uh, be advised, if you are charged with... Uh, BUI, boating under one intoxicated, uh, the penalties are exactly the same as for on the road. It actually goes against your insurance claim. You can lose your driver's license with a boating violation, believe it or not, and the fines can be pretty stiff. So uh, take precautions. Use a designated driver. And i got to tell you, I don't like to, to mix the alcohol with the direct sun and the heat. It actually gives you a pretty good headache. Save those drinks for when you get back. But if you got a drink on the water, have somebody else operate the boat. Uh, other advisories, Louisiana Department of Health uh, has issued a, an advisory for Lake Pontchartrain suggesting that you do not enter the water. Uh, the algae bloom can cause uh, various forms of illness, nausea, dizziness, vomiting, and even some more extreme conditions if you come in contact with it. They're also suggesting that you do not consume fish from Lake Pontchartrain. That is the only water body that they have suggested to do that. Uh, however, they have not, and they do daily testing, they have not found any seafood that has been contaminated with any toxins as a result of that algae bloom, which is a result of diverted water through body carry. We've been talking about it ad nauseum. Hopefully, uh, they, they're looking at maybe closing it in the next couple of weeks. They close the body carry, then it's going to be a, a while before, and depends on the conditions, the wind direction, tidal movement, fronts, possible storm surges that could improve the conditions and get it more back to a higher salinity and the fishing and crabbing and shrimping can return. In fact, one of the guests we're going to have on this morning is the uh, Assistant Secretary for the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, Patrick Banks. Uh, the state has filed for emergency uh, disaster area and also for some economic assistance for people who or work in uh, in the fishing industry, marinas, bait shops, fishing guides, commercial fishermen, and he'll give us the latest update on that. He's also going to be there to answer any questions and hear any comments. Phone lines are open at 504-260-6368, or you can text messages at 87870. He comes right in here to the broadcast. Uh, we're also going to have a, a live update on the leaderboard from the Golden Meadow Fushan Tarpon Rodeo. Rodeo's been underway this week. It's a traditional 4th of July weekend. It all wraps up on Saturday. Today is the big day. Uh, we're going to be talking to the Waymaster in just a little while and getting the latest leaders on the board. As, uh, if you want to go down there, 1 o'clock is when the scales open, and the really big fish usually come in the last day just before the closing of the scales, and then they have a party and an awards ceremony tonight. Uh, we're also going to talk to veterinarian uh, Dr. Jim LaCour, 
about a situation where bats are under threat, not just here in Louisiana where similar to the CWD, we have not had any cases of this white nose syndrome, they call it. It's a fungus that is causing the death of uh, thousands and possibly millions of bats across the country, and they are an important uh, cog in the in the system, the wheel of uh, ecology and environment. So we'll talk to him. They're asking for some citizen scientist participation. I especially want to hear from you and make sure you're listening if you are aware of the location of a bat colony because they want you to help contribute to the data, which could help solve the problem. Anyway, that's kind of the lineup for more outdoors, and we started off by talking to the crappie psychic, Captain Clyde Foltz. We bring him in here. Captain Clyde, how are you doing this morning on this hot 4th of July weekend? I'm doing pretty good, Don. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, talking to you about our fishing trip and a few other things I'm sure you're going to want to ask. Yeah, well, primarily we'll get to a little bit later on about the summertime tips. You know, a lot of people just quit fishing sockeye, crappie, white perch, whatever you want to call them. That is your specialty, although you catch a lot of other species out there, too. But we'll get to those uh, summertime tips. But I did want to let people know about the Rock and Dock Lodge. You've added something to your repertoire, your professional guide. You also market a series of products, and we'll talk about those. But I want to talk about that Rock and Dock Lodge because I'm really excited about it. We really enjoyed our time down there. And i got to tell you, uh, that cook you got down there, what's her name? Janelle? Boy, <laughs> she outdid herself. <laughs> Well, you've uh, you've had uh, quite a few uh, treats uh, from my wife, Janelle, and, of course, we know she's a Cajun chef and been featured on uh, quite a few of your shows and other shows and uh, also magazines. And that Rock and Dock Lodge is absolutely gorgeous, right on the Intracoastal Waterway. And, um, you know, I know you enjoyed it because uh, you're talking about it now. And uh, that comes from uh, Rick and Michelle Morales. They put that thing together. They asked Janelle and I to... Uh, you know, help out with, uh, you know, doing some charter trips uh, for customers uh, there and also uh, my wife cooking for them. And it's a beautiful, gorgeous lodge. And uh, they ha- they have it listed on Home Away right now. So if anybody interested in looking at it and seeing all the pictures and how beautiful it is and the, and the rates, they can go to uh, homeaway.com and just look up Rock and Dock and it'll come up. You know, I've often told you that it's very difficult. There aren't many people that do what you do as far as offer charter trips for fishing, sockeye, or crappie, whatever they choose to call them. And now this is even going to open up to more people from out of the area because they got a really nice place to stay. Tell me how you envision a typical trip with the crappie psychic at the Rock and Dock Lodge to go now that you've got the lodge and everything's in place. Well, it would be uh, pretty much just like we had you guys. Uh, you know, you'd come in, you would arrive uh, anywhere between 3 and 5 p.m. on the day before the charter trip. And, uh, of course, Chanel will have a, an awesome dinner prepared for that evening uh, for the customers. And then, uh, you know, of course, we'll get up uh, between 4 and 5 a.m. And she'll have a nice breakfast prepared for us. And we take off from right there. Uh, you know, maybe a... 50 to 100 foot walk to the dock uh you know the boats park there we'll get in the boat on and take off and uh, probably 20 minute boat ride and uh, we'll be fishing crappie sockele bass perch catfish whatever wants to bite that day of course you know we catch them all and uh then when we get back uh, around noon or one um janelle will have a nice lunch prepared for us so uh you get three cajun cooked meals and uh, and a charter trip uh, for Sokolay with me. 
Well, you know, one of the things that we mentioned in, in the Fish and Game Report and also on the Outdoors Report that airs on WWL-TV in New Orleans and WBRZ in Baton Rouge and will be on an upcoming Bayou Wild episode, so I want to make sure people be looking for that one, is the fact that your trip, in addition to a fishing trip where you have a lot of fun catching the fish and bringing them home and eating them, it actually doubles as what a lot of people look for is, is a swamp tour. You've actually showcased a lot of what you find in a Louisiana swamp and marsh, and you might want to explain that. Well, when we're out there, and, uh, you know, I kind of laugh about it a little bit because you fished with me quite a few times, and, and you know I'm like a heat-seeking missile on that cork. I fish with a cork. Uh, some people call them a bobber, and I really study it. I don't take my eyes off of it. And there's so much to see out there, Don. I mean, we've had gators come right up to the boat. There's bald eagles, osprey, uh, you know, great blue herons. I mean, there's just ducks the black-bellied whistlers are here right now uh it's just so much wildlife and so much beauty to see and uh, a lot of my customers will miss those subtle bites you know on the soccer lay because they're really just enjoying what it has to offer as far as seeing things that they don't normally see especially if they're coming from outside the state of louisiana Absolutely. Clyde, uh, stick there. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want you to talk about your system. It actually is a fishing system that you have invented. Uh, it's kind of taken off all across the country. It's led to you going out to universities and doing crappie fishing seminars. I took some of the baits to Alaska, caught silver salmon on them. People are using them for speckled trout fishing. I want to talk about the crappie psychic line of baits and also some of those summertime tr tips how do you change tactics when you're dealing with hot temperatures, hot water temperatures? We'll be right back. We're talking with the crappie psychic, Captain Clyde Foltz, and you're listening to it on More Outdoors. If you'd like to get in the conversation, you can call us at 504-260-6368 or send us a text message, 870-870. And you can also shoot us a text message if you prefer to do that at 870-870. Come right here to our text board. We'll pass along to our guest. We're talking with Captain Clyde Foltz, known as the Crappie Psychic. Uh, Clyde, if you would, tell us uh, how you came about developing that system that you have developed, which has become very effective, and people all across, really, the southern part of the country, and even further than that, are starting to use this product. Well, uh, it all started, uh, uh, obviously, you know, I retired from Monsanto and Luling after 25 years of uh, working with them. And I was talking to some bass fishermen one day there, uh, you know, and they were they were discussing how they use trailers, uh, you know, on their spinner baits. And I was just listening, you know, pork trailers, split tail trailers. And obviously, it's, it's nothing new for bass fishermen. They apparently have been using them for a long time. So... I got home that afternoon and uh, talked to my wife and said, you know, I, I heard bass fishermen talking about adding these trailers to their baits to improve their strikes and hookups on bass. I said, it should work on Sokolay. So uh, I went to the store and I found a, a big old uh, bait and got a razor blade out and started cutting little pieces off and uh, started sent them with my psychic sauce of course we didn't call it the psychic sauce back then it's just a scent that i've been tinkering with for about 15 years and got them sent it up and started adding them to my uh tube jigs and uh lo and behold it made a huge difference i mean i was getting harder hits i was catching more fish and uh 
it kind of stopped that short bite. I mean, it would come up to it, I guess, and uh, it would just entice them to hit it even harder. And uh, that's where it started. And I uh, got a mold made, and uh, that's how the crappy trailers came about. And after a while with the crappy trailers, my saltwater friends said, hey, what about us? Don't forget about us. I mean, you know, just because we don't fish soccerly, we – we kind of like some uh, bigger ones, so then came out the trout trailers, and I uh, made them a little bigger and a little tougher, and, of course, we moved on to the mega trailers for the offshore guys and the bass fishermen, and, uh, you know, it's just been uh, it's been phenomenal. Uh, I got pro staffers that are winning tournaments all over the place, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, and uh, it just gives you that little extra edge, and uh, if you're fishing soccer lake, you want every extra edge you can get because uh, you and I both know how finicky they can be and how tough it is to fish. Absolutely. Now, I'm not going to ask you to divulge your secret sauce. It's, it's, it's a more classified recipe than Big Mac special sauce. So I would never ask you to let people know what that is. But if you would, take us from the end of the line on the type of jig head that you recommend then the trailer that goes on it, if you use a skirt or not, and then also that special scented bead, that BB that goes on the end. That's no problem, Don. And uh, I cover this uh, extensively in the seminars I do. You mentioned earlier about the uh, universities. I taught at ULL last year, looking forward to a few more colleges in 2020. And um, But what I do is I always use a very flat, flat jig head. And uh, the reason for that is, if you think about it, if you take a marble and you drop it in an aquarium, it goes from the top straight down to the bottom. It doesn't do anything. It's just a straight drop. But if you toss a quarter in that same aquarium, you get that little flip, uh, you know, because a quarter is flat with edges. So that's why I like a flat jig head with edges, because it's going to give you a little bit of movement on the drop, which you're not going to get from a round jig head. Now, before the company that started making the ones that I used to use, because the company stopped making them, I would go out in the garage and take round jig heads and smash them with a hammer. So, uh, I mean, you can do that, but uh, we are getting ready to release a brand-new jig head that's going to incorporate what I'm talking about. So I start with that flat jig head, and, and I also use a, um, a very particular tube jig, you fished with me numerous times in the last two to three years. You know that's all I use. And right now, you can only get them from Bass Pro Shops, and it's called a crappy ringer. The reason I use that is because it has some well-defined rings on the hard body on the top. And uh, every time you take that bait out of the water, air gets entrapped in those rings. So when you toss it back out on your first pop, you'll get a couple of air bubbles releasing. So... That's another edge. Then uh, I use black and white. It's my favorite color. I, I talk about that a lot in my seminars also. I mean, we don't have enough time here on the radio for me to get into every little intricate detail, but I find it's a very consistent color. And then I always start with my chartreuse crappy trailer, send it with my psychic sauce, and then our chartreuse crappy ammo, which is, like you said, a little bead. It's kind of like the size of a little BB. And uh, that's why we call it ammo. And it's our version of the other power baits and nibbles that are out there on the market. And they just last five to ten times longer. And uh, that's my system I use. And I always use it under a cork uh, or a bobber, if you will. And uh, that's what I always start with. And 
I started 18 to 20 inches normally, but we'll go to, you know, three and a half foot if I have to find them. Especially during the summer months, they tend to go a little bit deeper for cooler water. And what type of uh, cork do you prefer? You've got one that you you love. Well, I, I use two of them, Don. Uh, during the spawn in the winter, I, I have my uh, slab rattlers, which is a little rattling cigar style cork, um, and it's got a little rattle in it. And I, I find that that little rattle helps to draw those big socolate off the beds and uh during the summer is good too especially for brim uh you know for perch a lot of the times during the summer you have the wind that's going to pick up and it just i'm a caster i'm not a i'm not a jig pole fisherman so i'm needing to stay back a little ways and cast toward the, the grass piles and lilies whatever i'm fishing uh, you know whatever area i'm fishing and what i'm trying to achieve but in the wind, especially if you got a cast against the wind, those little light, light corks makes it very difficult. So then I switched to a little clip-on weighted cork, uh, you know, about a two-inch cigar-style cork, but it's clip-on. It's got a little weight on the bottom, and that helps me to get more distance in my cast, and I've been using it for such a long time. It actually helps with my accuracy. And uh, you've, you've casted them with me quite a few times, and uh, you did very well with them. So, I mean, you can comment on that. And um, that's it. And I always talk about this in my seminars. A lot of people don't realize that color is extremely important for your cork. So on the freshwater side, now I've learned from my saltwater captains that this is not the case in saltwater. But on freshwater, you cannot beat the color chartreuse for your carp. That is the absolute best color you can use for fishing soccer You know, those orange, red-looking carps, I mean, they're, they're going to work, but they're not actually going to attract fish to you, whereas that chartreuse color on the freshwater side will attract fish to you. You'll constantly see them hitting, that, hitting at that carp, and uh, you've experienced that also. All right, so we got all the components. We got the, the torpedo cork, we've got the jig head, the skirt, we've got the trailer, we've got the ammo on there. Do you let it sit? Do you pop it? Do you work it fast? Do you work it slow? Or do you not work it at all? Or does it vary with what's going on? It, it does vary. Uh, I always start out with uh, like a single pop. And uh, it's very similar to what you do for speckled trout fishing. And uh, that's what I tell my saltwater guys so they can get the gist of it real quick. But I always start out with a single pop, but depending on what they're wanting, how much action they're wanting, they're so finicky, and and every day it's different. I might go to a little double pop, uh, and what I mean by pop is that you're just giving it a little tug. And what I like to tell my customers is give it at least a count of three before you pop it again. But sometimes, depending on how slow they want it, you might have to let it sit for five to six seconds before you pop it again. And then another uh, another thing I'll do is I'll do what's called a pop slide. I'll give it that initial pop to get that little jump on the bait. Because you have to remember, every time you're popping that cork, your bait down there at the bottom is doing something different. So I'll give it a little pop, and then I'll pull, a slide, I call it. And I'll travel about 12 inches on top of the water. What that does, it gives it a little jump, and then it'll move toward the surface a little a little higher, and then it'll fall. And uh, so that's what I do as far as uh, 
you know, the action and what it's doing to your bait. And uh, then, of course, you just got to study that carp. Uh, a lot of times the bites will be kind of subtle and you won't realize, you know, that you, you have a sockele on the end of your line. Well, of course, sockele is your primary target, and you develop that rig specifically for that. But every time I've fished with you and every time I've used that rig, we've caught other species. Maybe give us a rundown on what else you can expect to catch as bycatch by fishing the same method, the same rig. Pretty much every area I fish, we will catch five to six different species of fish. We will catch numerous perch species, goggle-eye, lake runners, chickapin, whatever you want to call them, red belly, sun perch, uh, sockelet, bass, catfish, garfish, uh, bowfin, which you know we call shoe pick. Uh, I've even caught black drum and reds fishing by black with that with that little uh, rig up. Yeah, I know uh, Coach Roger Cater, who happened to come with us on that last trip. He's a retired uh, Southern University head baseball coach, and he was recently inducted into Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. He really enjoyed it, uh, catching all those different species. And he caught on pretty quick. Yes, he did. And I'm going to tell you, he, he, you and I both know he's a, he's a kidder and a joker, and he loved giving me a hard time on certain aspects of the soccer lay fishing, but you and I, you and I both know that uh, those little tidbits of information. Because if you're fishing with me, I'm also going to be teaching, and I love to right. teach, and I want I want people to learn more about the sport of soccer lay fishing, and I want them to, you know, if you increase your knowledge, Don, you and I both know that your your catch is going to increase. Uh, the more you know yep. about whatever you're targeting. Uh, the better you're going to get at it, and uh, that's what I like to do. And uh, he was giving me a hard time on the pressure situation, uh, <laughs> meaning the parametric pressure. And uh, yeah. a lot of people don't realize. Something. Hey, exactly. Well, two things he told me since that feature aired. He said, number one, his phone never stopped ringing off the hook. People calling him and congratulating him and saying they saw him on TV. And the other thing was he definitely wants to go fishing with the crappie psychic again. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's gotten back in touch with me, and uh, I want to take him out there on a better day. I mean, you and I both know that uh, unfortunately, if you're not there at the right time, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things that factor into that, that your success rate is going to be a lot lower, and it's going to be a lot tougher. I mean, we enjoyed ourselves; he enjoyed himself. I mean, we didn't destroy him, but we did put some fish in the boat, and. Um, so I, I want to take him out there on the better time to go, you know, meaning the moon phases, the parametric pressure's right, and it's just, the bike's just going to be better. Well, he's in a position to do it now that he's retired. He's got a lot of opportunities, so I'm really be looking forward for you guys to get together again. Clyde, we're going to take a break. When we come back. I want to spend a few minutes with you before we get to Terry Danos. He's with the Golden Meadow Fouchon Tarpon Rodeo. He's going to update the leaderboard there. But I want you to share some uh, special tips for fishing during these particularly hot days. We're getting into the dog days of summer, and a lot of people quit fishing soccer, but uh, they still there, and they still got to eat, and there are ways to catch them. We're back with the crappie psychic. If you got a question, comment. Text us, 87870. Call us, 504-260-6368. We're right back after this. 
Yeah, we're talking with Captain Clyde Foltz, a crappie psychic. And, Clyde, uh, give us some summertime trips, some things that you may do a little bit differently this time of the year on these dog days as opposed to a good, clear, crisp fall or spring day or even dead winter when it gets kind of cold. Well, the, the major difference, and, of course, that's because of the weather and the heat, is a lot of times I'm going to want to get an early start. So right at sunup, I'm going to be wanting to fish. And I will normally fish till 10 or 11 o'clock because by then it's starting to get unbearable out there. And um, you don't want to be out in the hottest part of the day anyway. And uh, so I'll, I'll do those early morning trips. And if not on a high-pressure day, and uh, this is normally when I'm doing some scouting, uh, so it'll be my wife and I or my son and I, I'll do a late, late afternoon trip. And what I mean by that is I won't get out there till you know, 4.35 o'clock, and uh, as it's starting to cool a little, and uh, it's still hot at that time, don't get me wrong, but it's a little more bearable uh, as it's getting later. So that's the main difference that, uh, you know, in the wintertime, I'll catch them all day long. I'll catch them straight up noon. As a matter of fact, if it's real cold, you got the exact opposite. It's starting to warm up a little bit, you know. So uh, in the wintertime, I'll fish them all day long. Uh, but in the summertime, I pick the times that I go because of the heat. And, um, you know, for those people out there, Don, that, that they work and they, they, you know, they're very limited on when they can get out there. It's tough for soccer lake fishing. Number one, you're not scouting, so you really don't know where they're hanging out at unless you got buddies that's been fishing and they tell you. But if not, you just got to hope that you can find a few of them, especially if it's not on a good day. So, uh, but I mean, you know, you got to get out there. If you don't go, you definitely can't catch any. Yep, and there's a lot of places where they can be. Uh, Clyde, we got a text message in. My daughter Cherie's helping me out today. Cherie, what's that text message say from Baton Rouge? So it says, "Crappie psychic, your sister Kathy is listening. High five to my brother." Well, that's pretty awesome, and uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people right now during the summer. They're not thinking of soccer lay fishing. They're doing exactly what my sister Kathy and her husband Brent are doing. They're heading to the beach. They're on the road heading to the beach. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people are doing that same thing, whereas I want to be in the boat fishing soccer lay. And, uh, you know, when I first started out, Don, I was a, a fall, winter, early spring fisherman. So, you know, from October to April is when I would mm-hmm. fish, and then pretty much I would target other species, you know, maybe catfish or brown, but, Right now, I mean, you know, since then, in the last 20 years, I've, you know, I've learned a lot about fishing farm in the summer. And uh, diehards, I have a lot of a lot of, uh, of my pro staffers that fish summer heavily. And uh, they're out there constantly fishing for them. So you can catch them year-round. Clyde, before you go, give out your contact information for people that, A, want to maybe come stay at the Rock and Dock Lodge, maybe book a soccer trip. It's an educational experience as well as a swamp tour and a great way to catch something great for dinner. And also about what you're going to be doing when you set up in the Louisiana Sportsman Show July 19th through 21st at the Louisiana Superdome. Well, if you want to, uh, the best way to contact us really is through our website. I have a contact form on there for anybody wanting to do a charter and uh, that would be the crappypsychic.com. And uh, our, our office number here is 985 
And like I said, if you're interested in seeing the pictures for the Rock and Dock Lodge in Homa, you can go to uh, homeaway.com, and they're, they're advertised on there. And also, you can see the lodge on your on the upcoming show of Bayou Wild TV. Which, if they follow our Facebook page, we will definitely be posting the show times when uh, you guys get ready to air that. And also uh, at Superdome, July 19th through the 21st, we will be there, and I will be introducing a brand new bait uh, that we're going to be uh, selling soon. So. I uh, should have some packaged and ready to be seen and sold to the public uh, at that Superdome show. And if you do go at 5 p.m. on Friday, I will be giving my seminar, uh, Catching More Crappie, and also at 3.45 on Saturday. So the Friday and the Saturday, I will be doing seminars. Very good, and I'll remind folks about that when we get closer to it. Thanks for all the tips, uh, Clyde, and thanks for all you do for the sport of fishing. Uh, we're really glad to have a good relationship with you and keep on keeping on, and uh, boy, I can't wait to see that new bait when you introduce it. I hope to see you at the dome, Don. All righty, my friend. Take care. Thank you. All righty, Clyde Foltz, also known as the Crappie Psychic. All right, we come back after this. We're going to catch up with Terry Danos. Terry is the Waymaster, Golden Meadow Fushon International Tarpon Rodeo. Final day today, Way Scales open at 1. We'll tell you what you got to beat if you're going to be fishing in it today. When we come back right after this pause, you'll listen to more outdoors on WWL-FM 105.3, and we live stream at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. And welcome back into more outdoors. Coming up next hour, uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Assistant Secretary Patrick Banks joins us to update us the latest on the state's request to have a declaration of a state of emergency due to the damage done by the overflow of the Mississippi River in through the Bonnie Carey spillway into Lake Pontchartrain and areas to the east. And the state of Mississippi has also applied for that. If you've got any questions or comments, uh, for the secretary, assistant secretary, we welcome him at 504-260-6368, or you can simply text your message in to 870-870. We're also going to be talking to State Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologist Dr. Jim LaCour about a, a serious threat of a spread of a disease through the bat population. It has not yet got to Louisiana, but Louisiana is taking a proactive approach. They're going to be asking you, uh, to become a citizen scientist and actually be the eyes and the ears and provide some uh, sorely needed data about bats, particularly those of you who may have bat houses or you may be aware of the location of a bat colony or nesting area to where you can provide some vital information and assist the department in that. So that's coming up in the 8 to 9 o'clock hour, but we've got a big fishing rodeo going on. It's the second oldest in the state. It's down at the Golden Meadow uh, Fushan area, and we get the Waymaster Terry Danos joins us now to update what's been brought in so far and tell us what's ahead for today, the final day of this uh, weekend rodeo. The 4th of July is always traditionally a Golden Meadow Fushan Tarpon Rodeo. Terry, thanks for being with us this morning. Good morning. Yes, um, first, I'm not the Waymaster. I'm the treasurer of the board, but... Um, oh, I, I okay. Want, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want that job to make those decisions when it comes to the I, uh, I don't blame situation. you. I don't blame you. It's a tough job, uh, but somebody's got to do it, and they do a great job of it, too. Absolutely. Marty's been doing a great job for us for the last uh, few years, and uh, this is our 71st annual Golden Meadow Fushaw Tarpon Rodeo uh, held at Moran's Marina down in Point Fushaw. Um This year, uh, yesterday, we were blessed to have three tarpon come onto the board. 
Uh, we have one at, at 143 pounds, I believe, and the third place one is down to 73. Uh, the board was sealed up yesterday. Um, I haven't made it to back to the headquarters yet, but uh, there's a few spots that are still open, and we're looking to get some, some more terrific fish coming in today. What were some of the more outstanding catches or surprising that, that you heard about that came in? Actually, the 143-pound the torpin, uh, it, they've been scarce the last couple of years. Uh, we had one come in last year, but we've already got three on the board for this year. That's fantastic. Well, you know, there's been a, a close-in rip, so I don't know if any of the species like the, the dolphin have come in yet. I, I know, boy, Red Snapper, they, they gave that special allowance where you can actually start on Thursday in addition to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend, and that was good for the rodeo. And there have been a lot of Red Snapper, some big ones coming in too. Right. We've, we've, the board is full of uh, that category is full also with first and third place. Um, I, I don't recall the weights of those. I haven't made it back to headquarters yet. But um, the fishermen that we've talked, we spoke to that comes into the into the weigh station have said that uh, you know they they catch in fifteen twenty uh, the limits uh, for red snap on their vessels. So uh, they they seem to be biting and, and having a good time catching them. Now that part of the state, unlike. The unfortunate situation over there in the east with the speckled trout has, has really been good in that section. Uh, well, there been a lot of speckled trout and redfish to inshore fish brought in? Yes. Um, the speckled trout are running anywhere between two and a half to four pounds. Uh, some really nice speckled trout coming in um, and, and inshore fishing. There's no flounder on the board yet. Um, as far as I remember, there's no flounder on the board for our children's division. Or, or the leopard uh, red, uh, redfish, but um, on the inshore in the adult division, uh, we've had quite a few uh, varieties of fish come in. Well, if somebody's listening, there's some opportunities to, to get on the board with nothing in, in the place. Tell us about that That's leopard right. red category. How does that work? Um, I, the, it, it's uh, the number of spots on, on the on the fish and. Um, that's that's what I win the category. Uh, I think we have a 25 spot on the board right now, 25 spot redfish on the board right now. So uh, if you can catch something with more spots than that, you know, uh, we have a category uh, just to work for that. Excellent. Uh, now things are going to probably be a little quiet around the, the weigh-in station there, and they tell me that it is air-conditioned. And, boy, that's got to be a godsend, huh? Absolutely. Uh, we were joking at our last board meeting and said, no, we may run into some issues and not have an air condition next year. And uh, I said, well, you know, we, we may have to find a new treasure because I don't know that it comes to point Fuchon for a rodeo <laughs> without air condition. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, was through the generosity of our sponsors, uh, we have uh, uh, close to 180 by 60-foot um, um, white tent that's air-conditioned. Um, and, you know, under the tent we have, uh, last night we had the King of the Catch, which we had 10 teams vying for, for that title um, with a variety of different foods. Uh, anything seafood was on the, on the, on the chopping board to be, to, to, to be won that prize. So um, today we're going to have a shrimp ball this afternoon, and um, we also offering hamburgers and three-eyed pool boys, chicken nuggets and french fries for the kids, snowballs, kettle corn and, and, and some different sweets. All Ooh, you're making me hungry, Terry. You're making me hungry, Terry. <laughs> Tell me about the King of the Catch cook-off. Did you get who the winner was? Um, yes. Um, 
the the the, the People's Choice Award went to uh, I think I believe this is the third year running that they received this award. Um, uh, but it's it's a it's a local team. Uh, it's called Little Sweet Peas, and it's a bunch of little kids. Um, I think the oldest is maybe ten or eleven, and they do these amazing fish tacos. Uh, with uh, a coleslaw dressing in a tortilla and their secret Cajun sauce that goes on that. Um, and they actually came home with two prizes this year. I think the the, the, the People's Choice and uh, one of the judges' awards. And the presentation award went to Ashley uh, Barrios with her Creole green tomatoes uh, with a shrimp romulite sauce and fried shrimp on top of that. Oh, yeah. Well, congratulations to those kids. That's wonderful that they, they won that award. I know that's been a hotly contested uh, competition since they put it in and added it to the rodeo in a very welcome addition. So the scales Absolutely. will be closing they, for the kids' division. I was saying the uh, scales will close, yeah, 4 p.m., and then for all the other divisions, it's 5 p.m., and I guess that's when the, the for the visitors and the spectators, that's probably the best time to be there. Correct. And uh, something also that we've kind of enhanced from the past is, is a fish display at the weigh station. Um, we had the tarpons on display yesterday. We also had two huge stingrays that were on display that were caught also. Uh, but the red, uh, the drum, the, the, the lemon fish, the cobia, that's all on display for the kids to see and, uh, and, to, and to look at that. And we have also kids' activities in the tent, a beanbag toss with a big red fish painted on a, um, on a sheet of plywood. It's coloring books and uh, we have merchandise for sale, uh, and that'll we'll shut down all that at nine o'clock this evening. And we also have not new in the wild my tooth playing this afternoon. Uh, some local Cajun radical music. We have a lot of fun for everyone today. And you're also going to have raffles, door prizes, uh, a lot, an auction, and also that awards presentation all takes place tonight. You know, I thought that was always the best way to do it. As soon as the way scales close, get the, uh, the the numbers going and present the awards almost immediately. So that should be a, a real nice wrap-up for tonight. And the weather looks good if people are headed down that way. Yes, uh, I'm sitting out underneath the, 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 the camp right now, and there's a little breeze it's keeping the mosquitoes away. Um, and I'm sure that we're going to be blessed with another great day today. All right, you being the treasurer, Terry, what can you tell us so far? Have you got an idea of how much will be raised for charity? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was around 52000 last year. That's correct. Last year we awarded $52,000 in scholarships to our local high school, South of Bush High School, uh, graduating seniors that are attending four-year and two-year uh, colleges. Um, throughout the state. Um, so the, I'm pretty sure that this year we've met our mark uh, to award uh, probably just as much. Um, and it's, it's through the generosity of our sponsors and, and this event that, that takes place for three days. Well, it's a wonderful event. And uh, how many years has it been going on now? 70? This is number 71. 71. Wow. Yep. A long time. And, uh, you know, when you're having fun, time flies, huh? It sure does. We had a past admiral that showed up uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday night for our admiral's party, and he was the admiral and CFO uh, in 1976. And he remembers when it was still held on the beach with a scale, mm-hmm. and and the waymaster was paid thirty dollars for the entire weekend to to make the you know to, to make those decisions and and uh, put on a rodeo. Wow. 
how things have changed and boy come up to, to what it is today it's really grown yeah. and prospered and hopefully will continue to do that any final thoughts on on the event terry before you go uh we're just appreciative of um you know the coverage that we're getting from from you all with the news coverage and and the sponsors and those that travel throughout the state and out of the state to, to come here and participate and, and support the, the cause that we have going on. Well, glad the weather and the fish are both cooperating, and I uh, hope everybody has a great time there tonight. We'll be looking for the final results, and we'll pass those along to our listeners next week. Sure. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Terry, and uh, thanks for the great job you and all those volunteers do. We appreciate it. Thanks again, Don. All righty, Terry Danos, treasurer for the Golden Meadow Fushan Tarpon Rodeo, 71 years and still going very, very strong. All right, uh, in three weeks, uh, two big things are going to happen. We're going to celebrate our 30th anniversary of the radio show. We'll be doing it live from Bayou Adventures in Lacombe. Uh, Jeff and Shannon Bordelon will be hosting it. We're going to have some food. We're going to have some fun. We want to invite you to stop by, say hi, bring up your best memories of over the 30 years of shows. Tell us when you started listening, how long you've been listening, what station you listen to us on. We're going to have some surprise uh, voices that you may have uh, not heard for a long time that come from the past, so we're looking forward to that. The other big thing that will be happening in three weeks is our Alaskan Cajun Invasion our photographer, editor Chris LeCock, and co-host Martha Spencer of Bayou Wild TV. We're going to be flying out to Anchorage, Alaska with some uh, fellow Cajuns who will be accompanying us there. There's going to be a two-week span uh, catching halibut, lingcod, salmon, cooking, eating, telling a few lies, and having a lot of fun. So those of you who are signed up, I know Ray Ray's listening. He's all fired up about going, and he's hoping to stop by at the, uh, the the celebration of the anniversary, too. So hope to see you and your gang there, Ray Ray. I know I'll see you in Alaska for sure. Cherie, uh, you are getting ready. You're not too far away as our South Dakota Cajun invasion, which you and Blake have been veterans of, and we're really looking forward to this year. we got some great dates in November, and we're still taking uh, Cajun invaders who can book this trip. If they go to my website, all the information's there. Tell them what to expect on this trip. I think I was going to say one of the things I think folks should take an opportunity if they're deciding on the South Dakota trip is to go back and look at some of the footage that we've shot. You know, we focus obviously on the upland bird hunting, pheasants primarily, but when you take a look at the opportunity to spend some time in the outdoors and the scenery, can't get much better than that. Magnificent um, views, opportunities to not only shoot upland birds, but some photography of other wildlife that's there. Can't say enough about the food <laughs> there's a new orleans chef there and brett told me he's still there so you know we got a new orleans chef cooking in so- draper south dakota doesn't get any better than that yeah of course brett and um his crew there do a phenomenal job of putting us up so we're looking forward to a little bit different time this is a little earlier yeah. than we've been so we're hoping to see some changes in the way that we're hunting the birds give the pointing dogs maybe a little bit better shot um than some of what we do normally when it's really cold outside with the labs. You shouldn't have as much snow, although you never know. Might yeah. get early snow there. Yeah, but won't be disappointed with a little bit of cold weather, especially what we got in Texas right now. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I really like about his trip, just like Ralph, Crystal, and Tammy do with our Alaska Cajun invasion, is it's all there in one place. You Once you hit the lodge, you don't leave. You get all three meals, your accommodations are there, in the war wagon. 
the bus that we take everybody out to the fields to hunt the birds. Yeah, it's a really great time to spend time with um, friends and the crew up there. You're right. You get there, and that's where you stay, but there's certainly no shortage of activity going on and things to do. Now, describe uh, the, the hunt. Now, you've hunted up there, and the way we do it, you got blockers who are at the end of the line. When the birds finally get pushed to the end, they come out. But there's also flankers who kind of walk along ahead of the drivers on the sides in case a bird tries to slip out through the side. And then you've got the grunts, the ones that actually walk with the dogs and actually drive the birds towards the flankers and the blockers. Which do you like best? Which position or do you like more than one of them? Actually, I tend to enjoy the flanking. It's not mm-hmm. quite as heavy-duty traveling through the brush and things like that absolutely is going up through the center a little more active than the blockers but i think the nice thing about that is is regardless of your experience level or your physical capability there's something for everybody in the way that we actually hunt the birds there you know so some of the folks very quickly learn that going up the middle there through the cattails isn't exactly their thing (laughs) some really enjoy that they want to be a dog in their next life you know so they get in with them yeah some of them we know very well live with besides the dogs (laughs) but no I think that's really great again I think I like the flanking I like the moving but not necessarily through the heavy brush um, some of which we experience you know is really difficult to get through and presents a challenge but enjoyable for those people who want to be in the thick of it um, literally speaking so I think you know that's another thing is lots of different styles and opportunity to hunt the birds are just phenomenal. I describe it to people as it's almost like being in a park with pigeons is the closest thing I can liken it to in our area. <laughs> um, one of those areas when we walked through a set of cattails last year, I bet we saw probably close to 200 birds. Yeah. So just great opportunity for hunting and, again, sort of caters to whatever your style, your experience level is, and so enjoyable for every member of the family. And the dates are November 11th through 15th, or you can choose to go the 15th through the 19th. It's three days, four nights. Uh, It's an all-inclusive upland pheasant hunt with the Bad River Bucks and Birds. You do get to, if you choose to, to go sit on a fence line and maybe kill some prairie chickens late in the evening if you're up for that. Uh, They are limited on the number of spots. I don't know how it breaks down for that first or second week, but call Brett Weibel. You can find out more information on my website. Go to DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com and look right there in the center of the homepage. Go to BayouWildTV.com, and you can see some videos, some of the actual action and what the terrain looks like at Bad River Hunts. All right, we come back after this. uh, Talk to Assistant Secretary of Wildlife and Fisheries Patrick Banks. Uh, about the declaration of an economic disaster in Louisiana. It's also requested by Mississippi. And we're also going to talk to Dr. Jim LaCour, veterinarian for the state of Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries, about problems with the bat population. Stick around. We're back right after this CBS Sports Update. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 